How long have you been doing this podcast? Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast has been around since uh, 2020, actually, since late December 2020. And we've been sponsored by Joe Ross since uh, the beginning, Higher Echelon. We appreciate Joe Ross sponsoring our podcast in Higher Echelon. And tonight we're going to talk to Kenny Dale Rowland, former Army defensive back uh, for the Black Knights. Uh, appreciate Kenny taking a couple minutes to, to chat with us. Uh, thanks so much, Kenny. You're welcome. Thank you, Sal. Yeah, um, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand, um, you know, about getting uh, former players on, getting to tell their stories a little bit and doing some research on you and um, just want to maybe get to know a little bit about how you kind of got to West Point. You know, what was your path to West Point? What was kind of your recruiting story? Because it seems like a lot, of, even today, there's there's unique stories out there about recruiting and how uh, – West Point might have found you. Yeah, um, well, I grew up in uh, the Ozarks, a uh, little town, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And, and uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of the academies until my sister ended up working for our uh, congressman, Bill Emerson, when I was younger. Um, and I grew up in a family of seven kids. And uh, and uh, somewhere, I guess, around eight or nine, my, my dad took off. So my here's my mom with with I think four or five kids still at home and, and, uh, and I'm the baby and I'm, and I'm growing up. And, uh, and, uh, so times got a little bit tough and, uh, I really needed, I really needed some, I was looking for some academic rigor. And so, um, when I, when I got through school and I was pretty good at football, our, uh, athletic train, our athletic director sent, sent my tape up to, uh, Mizzou, here in Missouri, uh, Bob Stoll was the coach at the time, and and he liked me. And we talked a few times about potentially walking on there, uh, being a preferred walk on, and and then there was a, a, a school that I was really interested in, which is the uh, Washington University in St. Louis, which is a very rigorous school here in St. Louis, if you've heard of it. And uh, got into my uh, got through my senior year, had a very good senior year, was getting recruiting offers for a lot of D1 AA's and Division twos and stuff like that, but I, I was looking probably for uh, just a, a more difficult academic place and uh, and free. That that was definitely something that needed to happen. And uh, somewhere around probably the end of my junior year, after being denied entry to the Naval Academy, Bill Sheridan called me, and uh, um, he'd seen a film that we'd sent up to Washington. That film we'd sent up to Washington University, and and uh, he gave me a call and he said, "Hey." Uh, would you like to play at West Point? And I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to play football. And he, he, you know, was selling me on the fact that our senior year, we we're going to play Notre Dame and Michigan. And that all sounded great, but really looking into the academy was just how academically rigorous it was. Um, and he said, Hey, uh, he said, well, I'm going to send you a, a, a an entry packet that you're going to have to fill out with all the interviews, all the letters of recommendation that you need. And you got to get this done in one week. And if you can do that, you can take the final spot at the at the uh, West Point Prep School. And uh, so he sent this packet. It showed up, and and it was literally the same. It was the same one as the Naval Academy, but I guess at the time you had to fill everything out. It had it required a DOBMERB and a PAE and all these letters of recommendation. Well, I just pulled out my pen and recopied everything all all my teachers and everybody had done for the Naval Academy, and I submitted it back. And he probably got it like four days later. I think we overnighted it for like 
a hundred and something dollars. My mom was excited. We send it back to Bill. He's like, Oh my gosh, I, I can't, how'd you turn it around so fast? It was, it's a very funny situation, but because of that, he, he ended up putting me in the very last spot. He told me there was 44 recruiting, recruiting spots there to Fort Monmouth for the prep school. And I was number 44. So I think that was like March of 94. And I accepted that position and, and went to the prep school. What was, um, so Navy, rec Navy recruited you. Did you know of the, Navy, um, Navy, Navy didn't recruit me. I, I went through the, uh, the application process to get into the Naval Academy. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just very ignorant at the time, you know, didn't even realize that there was an Air Force Academy, really. I, I kind of knew there was something called Army because of Army, Navy. Wasn't planning on playing football at Navy. Was was just wanted to get in. Knew it was going to be a free four-year school uh, for me, and um, and it was going to be rigorous. And and so that's that that was my first choice as a sophomore and junior in high school. Didn't get in. Was first alternate. The uh, the guy who selected it went there um was told something about a merchant marine academy and i didn't understand what it was and told told the congressman not really interested you know 17 years old making decisions for the rest of my life <laughs> and just got through the christmas season and got into january and february and i had some offers and uh and then then sheridan called and that was just out of the blue he'd seen that tape uh and was gave me a shot at it. And I was, I was lucky enough to have kept all the application stuff for the Naval Academy and was able to submit it rather quickly to him. And, and he had a deadline. It was, it was like a week. I think I beat it by two days and, and that's how I ended up at the prep school. So. Yeah. The rest is history. I was going to ask you if you knew anything about like army or service Academy football before that, but no. maybe the Army Navy game every once you may, you might have watched it or no? No, honestly, I hadn't seen an Army Navy game until I sat in the stands in uh, in '94 um, to watch that to watch that game. They brought the they brought the prep school up uh, to watch that game in 1994. So I sat in the stands and watched it. Wow, what was uh, life like at the prep school? Was that a good introduction to what you might be? Because did you have any military in your family or anything, or did, were you? I had, I, had, I had an uncle that served in Vietnam, um, but he didn't talk to me about it. And I had some great uncles that, that, that were in World War II, and uh, they, were, they were tail gunners, and, and um, their stories were, uh, were uh, well, they were short. You know, they, they weren't the longest stories in the world. So I didn't have a lot of idea of what kind of military uh, experience I was going to get when I got to the prep school. And of course you get off the bus and you're getting yelled at immediately. So it was an eye opener to me, you know, and everything I'd brought that day was strewn everywhere within about, you know, a 10 yard circle of me. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure one of those drill sergeants was a former kicker because he launched my stuff, uh, a good 30 feet and just underwear and, you know, toothbrushes. And, and, uh, I remember I got there and one of the other guys that was getting shook down at the same time, his name was Chris B. <laughs> and we were like handing each other our stuff because it was just all over the place. So it was, it was an eye opening experience to end up at the prep school and be greeted like that. So as that kind of prep school year progresses, um, how does the football go? And cause I know talking to some 
uh, former players. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes there's some calls home and saying, man, is this really for me or anything like that. But how how did that year progress at the prep school for you? I mean, it wasn't the easiest year. Uh, I got, I didn't get to play a whole lot that year. uh, There was a, I'll call him a blue chip recruit, but he was uh, exceptionally, uh, he was way better than I was. And his name was Adisa King and he played free safety. So I got to, I got to uh, play behind him. Uh, you know, I showed up there. I was probably like six, one, six, two. I was still growing, um, probably about 170 pounds soaking wet. And, um, I was, I wasn't slow, but, uh, Adisa was a really good player. So I played behind him. We had a pretty good, had a pretty good team. I think, uh, if I remember right, we might've lost two games to Lackawanna college or something that was a very good, uh, had a lot of D one talent on it. And, uh, so it, it was, it was a good year. Um, you know, nothing really stands out in my mind about that season. Just, uh, learning to live on your own away from home, uh, live in New Jersey. Um, you know, uh, you had your weekends off. So, uh, you know, I spent some time in the stone pony. Uh, really? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> who oh, did yeah. you see? The, uh, who did you see there? You I saw you? Weezer at the stone pony. Uh, uh one of their first uh one of their first uh tours was held there to stone pony so hey hey ken i got a real funny story about that i saw weezer well i was going to see weezer at the stone pony now i don't know if this is around the same uh it might be around the same time i don't know if it's the same show but the act that went on before weezer was so loud i got like sick during the concert like just like head spinning that kind of stuff and I went back to my car and I listened to Weezer from my car in the parking lot while my friend enjoyed the concert. You may have been at that concert, Ken. Who I was, knows? I, I was at the one at Stone Pony Asbury and uh, it would have been, uh, I think, uh, December of 94. So, hmm. And it was the first time I'd ever been in a mosh pit, you know, and it was one of the first concerts. I think it was the first concert I'd ever been, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just a hillbilly from the Ozarks and we didn't get too many concerts they don't come down here and so uh the mosh pit was crazy uh i remember larry angles who uh played defensive end for us on that independence bowl was in the middle of it with me and my shirt got ripped off and and uh ended up on the floor multiple times and that was that was my introduction to weezer uh the stone pony and mosh pits all in one night so yeah stone pony is iconic uh, venue for music no doubt bruce springsteen famous for playing there and Wow, you're, that's that, that that's good stuff right there. Um, you move on to uh, West Point, and what's that like? I mean, is Beast Barracks? Because I mean, down in Fort Monmouth, are you getting a taste of what Beast Barracks might be like that prep year, or is Beast Barracks like the you know freshman boot camp completely like a not a shock, but like a diff different, so to speak? It was uh, it was. It was as difficult as that first year. I mean, not first year, but those first couple of weeks at the prep school, um, it was definitely more difficult. Um, the the uh, the we'll just call it the, the 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 psychological attacks that you get at Beast aren't as bad if you've been through the prep school. Um, you know, I remember our day. I took like a four-hour nap. Um, my my uh, roommate the first day comes blasting in, wakes me up, and I had to calm him down. He was doing. He was doing uniform drills from the sixth floor of Eisenhower Hall, and he's just, you know, after the third trip, he finally realizes that I'm sleeping on the 
on the cot, you know, and he's I calm him down and I'm like, just just lay down. They've forgotten that you're even here. They're they're not even gonna know you're not gonna show up down there and in your PT clothes or your whites over grays or whatever whatever stupid uniform they were putting you in at the time and he 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 laid down and we we took a nap <laughs> during our day. It's like, we're going to get yelled at anyway. Let's just lay down here and see if they come find us. And they didn't. They never came and found us. So, But uh, it was it was hard, you know. Uh, Beast Barracks was not easy at all, you know. I mean, uh, the, 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 the grind of it, 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 it didn't seem to want to end. Um, the, uh, the, the, there wasn't a lot of happy cadets going through it while I was there. So, you know, some of that rubs off on you a little bit. I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed... Uh, I enjoyed all the military aspects of it, uh, but, uh, but I would say there were a lot of people that, that were not, you know, they were falling off left and right. I think our class, they brought in like almost 1400 kids. And I want to say, uh, by the time Beast Barracks was over, there was only like 1100, 300 of them left. It seemed like most of them, I knew most of them, they were all leaving. So. Wow. Well, and I mean that then you get, look, this is a time when you go from Beast Barracks right to football uh uh preseason football camp right i mean you weren't getting like the summer classes that they do now or or anything like that i mean you no, weren't getting I'm, yeah i think i weighed in the two a days at like 163 pounds you know i finished high school two years earlier at 177 i somehow lost 14 pounds even though i played a year of prep school um it was hard you know um uh, you know, something looking back on some things, I was in like the fast run group and I shouldn't have been there. You know, I, I probably should have laid off the fast run group, but somehow I ended up in it. And there I was trying to run up and down the less reservoir at like six minute mile pace. And, and I'm not a distance guy. So there, there were some things looking back on it. I probably could have used some mentorship. Uh, but you know, you just, you know, who's in the fast group, get up here. And there I was. And, um, so there were some things like that, but yeah, we went right into two a days. Um, it was, you know, they, they timed my 40, you know, um, they timed our 40, like the first day there. Um, and I ran like a 5.2. It was, I was crushed. <laughs> I was, I couldn't believe it. You know, I felt like my legs were made of concrete. Um, so it, it wasn't the easiest time. Beast definitely was, uh, difficult. Yeah, and talk us talk to us a little bit about that freshman year for you on the football field. Is it like um, is it a, a scout team thing, or what? What, what was yes. the experience like for you then? Yeah, Jimmy Chum was my uh, was our scout team uh, coach slash JV coach, and uh, Jimmy was awesome. And uh, rest in peace, Jimmy. But that was a really good year for me. I enjoy playing football. Um, just just the the drills tackling and 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 uh you know blocking and just the the aspect of of that one-on-one -on -one drills um so so i you know i got better as the season went on but i never broke off a scout team my my first year i i didn't even think i dressed for any of the games um unless you count you know uh your uniform in the stands it was uh it, w it was hard on saturday but i loved i loved monday through friday um some some great coaches there at the time so and you see even with today's army team out munkin does a scout team finisher on offense and defense each week and how important those scout team looks are for you know 
on Saturdays. And I, I'm, th th you probably took some, you seem like a guy who took a lot of pride in that. I'm guessing. I, uh, I, I, you, you, you do your best out there. And, and in some cases, you know, what's coming, you know, you, uh, you, you get to see, you, you play the same offense week in and week out. So sometimes you get caught cheating a little bit. And, and especially as a, as a freshman out there, if you, if you step under an art block, you know, as a strong safety or force player or cheat on a, cheat on a call, you know, Ronnie Makeda was our quarterback and he'd make a call uh, and you knew what, what the route was and you cheat it. They, they, they would get in your rear end, but I, but I enjoyed it. Um, you know, you get to go up against the best that our team had to offer, you know, and, and yeah. um, that was awesome. What did uh sophomore year bring for you? Uh, sophomore year was, uh, was a strange year. Um, you know, we came in spring, spring, uh, spring ball, my freshman year, I'd made my way up to, uh, uh, third string behind, uh, uh, Bobby Brown and Matt Rogers at free safety. And, and I was, uh, I remember when I was there as a freshman, uh, they, they put the, they put the, um, they put the, uh, uh, depth chart up. It was like an old Mueller depth chart, you know, and it went, it went seven deep and then, <laughs> and then there, they had like a post-it note and then there was Roland at the bottom. I was like a string my freshman year and that's how I started. And uh, so getting through freshman spring ball, uh, getting up to uh, third string was a big deal because now I was going to get to dress and potentially travel. So come back, uh, you know, after a summer at Buckner and get to uh, get to those first practices um, and I was back down to, I think, six string. There was three freshmen that had come in. We'd gotten a new coach, uh, coach, coach Sheridan, who had recruited me, you know, he bumped me all the way down and I was back on scout team to begin my sophomore year. So, uh, I was pretty unhappy with that. Um, and probably the first time that I'd ever said anything to a coach, I told, I told coach Sheridan about it. I said, I said, I'm pretty unhappy. I, I, I want an opportunity to, to play this year you know i didn't even get to dress last year and and uh so he sent me down we talked about it a little bit and then he started rotating me back in up with the uh second third string and and um and so eventually i i, I made my way onto the travel team at third string I, I guess i beat out all those freshmen i can't remember can't really remember uh the particulars on it but i did i did get to dress and play in quite a few games my sophomore year and then i i made my way up to second string um eventually and and i got i got a little bit of playing time and of course that year was unbelievable um we had such a a great defense and a great offense it's probably one of the better teams that i've been associated with with attitude so many great leaders on that on that uh, 10 and 2 team so sophomore year was just an absolute dream all all the time playing but you know coming coming out of that freshman year of never even getting a dress for a game to now I'm traveling and, and uh, you know, getting to play in Independence Bowl. That was a, that was a big deal for me. I'm 20 years old or whatever, and just, just sucking it up. It was a good time. Yeah. When you can make an impact on a team like that, right. What get into the game and games and make an impact. That's considered one of the best army teams, you know, maybe in, in the modern era, you know, um, that's that, that says a lot. And I guess that kind of after that 10 and two season, you know, after getting that taste, then, you know, your junior and senior years, then you become the next you you elevate. Right. And you become 
like one of the leaders in the secondary, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, that was that was a uh you know, we lost a lot of great great leaders from from that year and and um and then come in junior year and now you you've got to perform. You know, you've got to do you've got to lead the drills. You you've got to be the man. And uh so it was exciting. Of course, I had some injuries along the way my junior year, but but uh, that was that was super exciting uh, to 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 get to contribute more uh, on 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 Saturday. So, yeah. What do you remember the most about that junior season for for you? Or was there a moment? Or was there a game? Or you know, uh, you know, I mean, mostly mostly about the junior year because you can't you can't forget it. Every time I turn around, there's the thirty for thirty, and Randy Moss is going for two hundred and something yards against us and uh you know everybody's slowing it down trying to point where are you at on there you know my nephew i've got a i got several nephews and uncle kenny where are you at you know where are you at on this <laughs> there's randy moss going for 95 yards or whatever on a on a bubble screen just the weird it was it, he was amazing that's probably that game is stuck in my mind just because of all the espn reruns of of, of randy doing what he did to us that that year so yeah, there's a lot of times where I ask, like, who, you know, in your time at Army, who the best player you've ever faced was or went up against. I'm guessing it might be him. I would say it's kind of hard not to choose him. Uh, you know, I tell everybody at that game I was playing strong safety. I wasn't the free safety. And he lined up in the slot, I think, eight or nine times. And I covered him seven of those times. And he didn't catch one ball against me. So make sure that's recorded. But, um when they put him out, when they put him out at the at the wideout position, he was man, he was something else. Um, you know, he, he he if he got if he got a release on you, and then his quarterback was Chad Pennington. You yeah. know, he's no slouch himself. Uh, I can't remember who the center was, but he was pretty good. And then they had another receiver named Laverne Coclaw. Uh, he was like six five, two hundred and thirty pounds, and and. Uh, you know, it was a frustrating game. It was, it was, it was frustrating enough that, that, uh, I, I, uh, I, I didn't play dirty, but, uh, in that game, I speared Laverne Coclaw, uh, with the top of my helmet. Um, he jumped over my teammate, Scotty Williams. He jumped over him. Scotty was about five, seven. And, uh, they, uh, um, we were in a we were in a dime or nickel package because we were we played them pretty well except for these blowout plays that Randy would go 80 yards on and Laverne caught a ball and he j- decides to jump over Scotty Williams and uh, I was I was uh, back half safety and I was running up on Scotty I was stacking behind him so when he picked a side I was gonna come tackle but instead of picking a side and then helping Scotty tackle this guy he decides to jump over Scotty so when he's in the air. I just saw, I mean, it's one of the few times I saw red. I decided to just, I'm going to take him out of the game and hit him in the ribs. And I hit him right in the ribs, but instead of breaking his ribs, I broke my uh, back, my sixth and seventh thoracic vertebrae. I crushed him. I, I finished the game. I had, had the wind knocked out of me. I finished the game, but I didn't play for, uh, I think it was like two or three more games that season after uh, breaking my back. So, oh, man. so it was a crazy Crazy game, crazy game against those guys, um, and they were all real good. That was, uh, if I remember right, I, that was their first year in Division One, and they were the national champions the year before, or something like that. If I remember, I think so, right. yeah, yeah. 
I think this is one of your teammates saying he thought he was going to sack Pennington on the on the big uh, ninety-five yard bubble screen. So I'm oh. not sure. Yeah, go Army eighty is maybe one of your teammates. So yeah, that <laughs> yeah, um, was a great game. It was a, it was a, that's the most memorable game just because of all the players, and then obviously ESPN hasn't let us forget what Randy Moss did to us. So <laughs> yeah, what what was the Army Navy uh, Navy game like for you in that season? Well, I didn't play in that game, so okay. I, I I I was injured again and didn't get to play in that game. That's probably one of my life's biggest disappointments. Oh, sorry about that. Um, so senior year, it, this is Conference USA time, right? You guys move into Conference USA. Uh, what did you think about that and having to like now go from an independent schedule now playing in a conference? And I guess you're seeing some different opponents and stuff like that. How do you think that transition was for you as a player and maybe your team? I didn't put a lot of stock in it. Um, to be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed. We were supposed to play at Michigan that year. And and so they, they dropped that game and told us we were going to Conference USA. And, you know, this is – I mean, there's internet at the time, but there's not social media. Mm-hmm. So um, – well, uh, you know, when we decided to go Conference USA, I, I, I felt like that's a, I, I you know, it, it didn't bother me a whole lot. You know, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't register with me as much as it probably should have at the time. It was just like, let's go play on Saturday. Let's go play the games. Um, and uh, so I didn't think a whole lot about it at the time. Yeah. Um... You know, like you said at the beginning when they were recruiting you, right? That you're, they tell you that your senior year you're going to play Notre Dame and Michigan, right? And that's yeah. kind of that kind of gets you in, so to speak. I get it gets recruits interest in, and then things happen. Um, it's happening this year, right? With Army going to um, the AAC coming up and having to play those eight conference games, and then you know some of the games are off the schedule now, and will they be rescheduled? Who knows? You know, I mean, um, but. Your se- so your senior year, um, you had a you had a really good season. Um, you know, you were named all for Army first year in the conference USA. You were named first team uh, all conference USA as a defensive back. I mean, had five interceptions over a hundred tackles. I mean, is there is that kind of was that your because I knew I know you said junior year you had some injuries that you had to fight through and stuff. Um, was that kind of um, a little bit of validation for you that you could play at? at the highest level so to speak i mean i i you know i enjoyed the postseason accolades and stuff but um i really was just excited that i got to play the whole season with my teammates you know you 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 look back and and uh and uh, i remember just going i i, I want to wake up on on saturday and suit up and play my ass off and i don't want to have anything hold me back injuries or or, or anything else hold me back. I, I want to be available uh, to play, and, and I want to play my ass off. And, and um, so, yeah, I statistically, I had a really good year. I don't, I don't know how much of that was talent, and some of it was luck. Um, you know, uh, you look around at our defensive secondary, you know, we had Tony Coxham on one side and Jamar Mullen on the other, and, and Derek McNally, who, who turned into a, an amazing star, and then there was me. And so if you're a coach and you're game planning for Army, uh, maybe that's the guy you throw the ball at. 
So, so I think I had way more opportunities than a lot of those guys got at the time and uh, took advantage of them. So um, that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, it. It was a great season uh, for, for me individually. And, you know, we, we beat Navy. I wish we would have put up a better fight against Air Force. Um, you know, I think our, our, our offense and our special teams uh, played it really good that year. We had we shot ourselves in the foot a few times, you know, thinking back about it. Um, but it was it was a uh, it was it was a good year to finish with a win over Navy. Yeah, when you can end your Army career with a win over Navy, they say that you know that's the it's always bragging rights, right? When you move on to your service time, and um, I mean that had to be is that kind of the highlight of your of your senior year? You think or no? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's probably the highlight of anybody who played at Army is is uh, getting to beat uh, Navy. You know, we beat them three out of the four years I was there, and 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 my contributions were 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 uh, zero in a couple years and a little bit, you know, in a couple years. But uh, you know, just participating with those teams and and uh, um, going out on that field, uh, especially in Philadelphia, which was just a fantastic place to play. Uh, that's definitely the highlight. Those, those Navy games are definitely the highlight. Yeah, I, I mean, I was up in Foxborough for the Army-Navy game this year, but I don't think they should ever move the Army-Navy game out of Philly. That's just my opinion. You know, I just think it's a pretty perfect place for the game. They're going to move it around in the next couple of years. And uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a story for another podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, so after – after your senior year, you get a chance to play in an all-star game um, after did. your senior year? Yeah. Uh, so I got selected for, uh, I believe the name of it was the all-star gridiron classic. It, at the time, I think you had what, the east-west or the blue-gray, and then you had the, the the bowl out in Hawaii. And I think Brian Connolly, my teammate, got to play in one. And I think there was another teammate that got to play I don't know you'd have to add that in there uh and I played down in Florida and my coach um uh with a, the gist was Florida if you had a Florida connection you uh you played on the Florida team and Dante Culpepper was their quarterback that that was uh, a good game to see him and be around him a little bit during that during that uh during that week down there in Florida so Wow. You remember who coached you? Was there like a former NFL coach coaching your, your team or no? Uh, who was the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coach forever? No, Chuck Noll was our coach, but he, he got sick while we were down there and he ended up not coaching us. I think he was there the first weekend or the first couple days. And then, hmm. yeah, I think he, he slid out the back door with some kind of health scare or something like that. So I don't remember who actually was our head coach for the game at the time. The gist was that all the coaches were NFL assistants. Um, except for Shula for Florida and Noel for um, the uh, for Team USA as they called us. Wow! And um, so it was it was entertaining to be around uh, all those NFL coaches at the time, and they were active NFL coaches. So yeah, Don, you're talking Don Shula, right? There, yeah. What did I say? No, you, no. You said Shula coached the Florida team. Um, yes. Wow. Those are the two legendary coaches that were, you know, wow, that's, that's, that's something. Um, what, what happens after, um, after that, like how, how do you transform after graduation from West Point? What, ha what happens on the military side for you? 
Well, soon after that, uh, you know, uh, I, I, there was a, at the time, a lot of football players, and I don't know if it's still true, but a lot of us went uh, field artillery and during that time period. And um, uh, the, Matt Yost was the captain of uh, my, my team. He was a year ahead of me. And uh, Matt ended up at, at Fort Sill in artillery. And, and that kind of recruited me along to, to that. And I actually got to Fort Sill and got through uh, field artillery off a uh, basic course and ended up in his unit, which is two five FA. And that was, that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, we did, we did a, a quick tour at NTC. And then while I was uh, there at Fort Sill, I had a couple kids actually ended up with three kids total before I got out of the military, but I had a couple of Fort Sill and my wife got into dental school at the University of Oklahoma up the road in Norman. And so uh, that kind of that that kind of shifted my military career into neutral. Um, the colonel at the time, uh, you know, he he found out that my wife had gotten into dental school and he called me in the office and it was more or less told me that, you know, I needed to probably change jobs since I'm going to be commuting 83 miles every day uh, back and forth from from uh, the Oklahoma City area. So I ended up moving over to the Field Artillery Training Center for the last uh, couple years. And um, and then uh, when when uh, when my service time was up, I transitioned out of that. Um, my wife was still in dental school for another year. And so I, I took a, a pharmaceutical sales job with Johnson and Johnson and spent about 18 months working for them in Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, uh, it was hard. It was hard raising kids uh, being in the military. And then it was hard raising kids being in the military and commuting an hour and a half every day. So uh, when when uh, my wife finished dental school, she uh, she asked me to slow down a little bit. And so I, I took a job teaching and coaching. And we moved we moved back home to Popper Bluff. So that's how I ended hmm. up back in the Ozarks with her. So so What's, I did that did you, for say again. Did you coach football or no? Yeah, I coached football for four years. Ended up uh, doing a little defensive coordinator position uh, from so I coached with them from oh five, oh six, oh seven, and oh eight here in at in my hometown. And then wow. uh, I can it's it's hard to come back and coach and it's the coaching thing uh you know my hats off to coaches because it's it's not a nine to five job um you know the uh the negotiation with my wife which was to be more of a uh around the kids and and in their life what it was teaching and then the negotiating point was that i got to coach but during season you know saturdays and sundays is film you know you're 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 practicing until about seven, eight o'clock every night and then working with some kids in the, in the training room. And then, you know, you're game planning. And so even at the high school level, you're, you're not at home. And so when my wife finally realized that she asked me to consider not coaching anymore. And so then I, I just taught for a little bit, um, worked, uh, worked, uh, um, started work at uh, a local bank here called us bank. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a larger corporate bank. I think it's like the fifth largest bank in the country. Worked with them for a while. Um, and then Commerce Bank, which is uh, headquartered here in Missouri, Commerce Bank called me up and asked me to be their bank president. And so that's what I've been doing for the last five years. Wow.
Wow. Going back to the football coaching, is that something that you would want to do after your career was over or you just kind of ended up there, so to speak? I, I kind of ended up there. Um, you know, when I was, when, when we were transitioning from Oklahoma back to the Ozarks, uh, you know, she, she wanted me to be just a stay at home dad. And I love her to death. My wife, Amy is, uh, she's an angel. She's beautiful in every way. She's brilliant. And, uh, she obviously has, has, uh, some, some flaw in there. Cause she ended up marrying me and having a couple kids. Uh, <laughs> but she, she wanted me to be a stay at home and I didn't think I should transition from the military, uh, you know, 12 hour days, 13 hour days, um, straight into doing nothing. I, I didn't think that was probably the right thing to do to my kids at the time. And so she agreed to let me teach for a little bit. And then I kind of slid in the coaching because of course I hadn't been gone from the high school for very long. And a lot of the, the athletic director and a lot of the principals were like, Hey, come and, come and coach. And so I agreed to coach the junior high, um, which is a shorter season and an easier thing to do, but I was going to help them out. And then of course, a couple years later, I'm the defensive coordinator and, and the hours that you spend putting together game plans and, and, uh, working, working during season and even out of season, two a days, uh, coaches conferences away. Um, after that season, uh, my wife, my wife kind of, he drew me back in and said, I think, I think you need to reconsider. So. Yeah. It's a, you look at like the army uh, football brotherhood, so to speak. And you look at, there are some coaches out there at the highest with uh, Mike Sullivan Steelers offensive coordinator, right? Former army football player to Mike Vitti, former fullback who's on the army staff. And it's like, it's not, that life is not for everybody. Right. I mean, that not. It's a, it's, it, it's a, it's one of the hardest professions. I, I recognize why some of these coaches get paid so much. It, it is not easy. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and if you take yourself into your hometown, if anybody's out there thinking about coaching in her hometown, um, your, your trips to Walmart, uh, they're just not fun anymore. Uh, you're, you're, you're not going to want to spend time at the, at the local recreational river or lake, um, you know, I, I spent a, I spent so much time uh, getting in the church and getting out of church, talking football. Um, it, it's it's tough. It, it is it is uh, the time you spend doing it, the uh, expectations, the trying to trying to prepare those kids to, to put as much put as much knowledge as you can into those young student athletes' minds to get them right. Um, it's not easy it's not an easy, it's not an easy task. There's just so many things coming at you. Um, and if you're trying to do that and, and raise three kids at the same time, and your wife is a professional, um, it, it can, it can grind on the family a little bit. So. Man, I just want to uh, maybe close this out and ask you a little bit about your, if you have any connections to the current program, if you follow how closely you follow them and what they've been doing. I mean, this year, you know, it was a six and six season, but they won the commander in chief's trophy, the trophies back at West Point. And how much is that maybe prideful to you as a former football player, seeing those games and seeing them win those games and bring back that trophy? A lot of pride in, uh, in, in every team every year, but obviously this year, uh, the commanders in chief chief's trophy, I, I actually got to be at 
uh, in Denver when they beat Air Force um, and and was uh, supremely uh, excited and happy uh, after that game. It was, uh, you know, it, it was it, they dominated in almost all facets of the game and uh, just, you know, I, I, I mean, it was it was one of those situations where. You know, I rarely feel bad for my for my brother academies, but man, I actually did feel bad for Air Force at that. They they didn't they they slinked off the field. Army whipped them so bad. Um, the body language was just screaming across the sideline on Air Force's sideline, and I and I that was that was a that was a great game. And then I actually got to come up to uh, um, New England and watch uh, the, them win the Commanders in Chief Trophy up there, and and it was just a a great game um the team battled you know they uh they were what two and six and finished the last was it two and six at one point and then yeah yeah yep. that air force game turned it around yeah yeah and uh they they battled and uh just uh you know just true to the character of who they were they 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 got it right and and uh you know just you know you brought up mike Vitti and his hard-nosed personality every time i meet him and talk to him whether it's during the golf outing or or uh you know um other places that i run across him he just you're just so happy to see guys like that around you know future leaders of the of of the the in the army so it's just it was it was good to see how tough they were this year how close are you watching those secondary guys when you're when you're watching those uh air force and navy games i mean army's had some good safeties in the last couple years and uh uh, Q Hammonds and Max Domenico made some plays in both of those games. They did. Uh, they're, they are way better than I was. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, and you brought up uh, defensive backs. Elijah Riley played the other night, or yeah. his team did. Steelers played the other night. Um, it, it amazes me the talent level that that has come through our roster in the last decade or so. It's um, Those guys are bigger, faster, stronger than – my wildest dreams when I was playing back in the nineties. I, I don't, I don't, it's, it's amazing to watch those guys play. I got the, I got the privilege of going down on the field when they played Ohio state a few years back. And, and uh, I got to, I got to roll over and, and uh, see the defensive backs warm up. Um, and they, they were, it was almost intimidating, you know, and I used to be one of them, but I don't remember being anywhere near that big or fast or strong. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they, they, it's just, it's just impressive the kind of talent that, that is on the squad now and, and has been for the last few years. Yeah. Um, having, uh, Bo Nicholas Paul on this podcast a couple of times, he praises Daryl Dixon, the corners, cornerbacks coach a lot and how they've coached, uh, how he's coached him and been a mentor to him. And Danny Verpale came back to West Point this year to coach safeties and those guys play at a pretty high level. I mean, those are the, those are the, the last um, defense for the for the for the Black Knights defense, and they really came up big uh, um, in those two games, especially. So, um, really appreciate having you on, Ke Kenny. Thanks so much for um, joining us. Uh, it was a snow day for me, and I was able to crack, uh, get a time slot open, and you uh, filled it filled it in great. I mean, it's so many great stories uh, that you had to tell, and uh, really appreciate your time. And it's great to see how well you're doing in life and how close you follow the Army football program. Um, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, Al. Have a good night.